You are listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 111. Here we go. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of The Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it's great to be with you today. And our episode today is, How Much Is My Annuity Costing Me? But before we get to the topic of the day, I have a couple things I want to say. First is for the first time since episode number two, I'm actually recording this podcast from my main office. And I want to tell you, it's a little bit weird because I feel like these walls are a little thin and I talk loud. People can hear me. And it's kind of like, you know, my daughter is in musical theater and she is playing Aladdin in the play Aladdin that's going on in a couple of weeks. And every day I say, Eva, sing me another one of those songs that you've been learning. And she's like, Dad, I don't do that. You don't understand. I'm not going to sing this song in front of you or in front of mom. You'll just have to wait for the play. It's just too weird. Well, I get what she's saying because it's kind of weird being here and doing the podcast and not in my home office where nobody can hear me or see my hands flailing because there are windows looking in from the hallway into this office. So I'm probably not talking with as much emotion as I usually do because I'm trying to temper it down a little bit even though I think compared to your regular podcast because I listen to several of them I still have a good amount of energy and the other thing I want to tell you is that I am what's called a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro what is what is that you ask Well, for those of you who don't know Dave Ramsey, he does a nationally or a national radio show that's on several hundred radio stations across the United States. And the radio show is about getting people out of debt. And he is the expert at getting people out of debt. He uses his baby step system, which is what I used many, many years ago to get out of debt, to start building wealth, to start this business. So I owe a lot to him, even though people listening to this right now might be thinking Dave's a little cray cray because sometimes he is. And sometimes people don't like his personality because he gets on people, but sometimes it's because they deserve it. And sometimes I'm not quite so sure. But when people get to baby step number four, which is saving at least 15% of your gross income into retirement, he wants you to talk to a smart vester pro. And how you do that is you go to his website, you click smart vester pro, you put in your zip code, 
And if you're with and if you're within a 70 mile or so radius of downtown Milwaukee, my name and number might pop up because there's 10 of them in the city, 10 companies that act as his SmartVestor Pro. When you put the information in, five of them pop up. So why am I telling you this? Well, number one, just wanted to let you know that Dave Ramsey, if you are a follower, he trusts me because I was vetted before he would allow me to be on this platform and call myself a Dave Ramsey Smart Vesta Pro. So that's number one, because if you trust him, maybe you'll trust me just a little bit more than you already do. And number two, because it just seems like a lot of people calling me from the SmartVestor Pro program have what's called a variable or a deferred variable annuity. And they are calling me because they know that this is an expensive annuity. Why? Because Dave keeps saying that on the radio because Dave does not like deferred variable annuities. Neither do I. That's why I don't sell them. I don't sell any financial products. But they're calling and they're calling because they think that they have an expensive annuity, but they don't even know how expensive it is because it's so difficult to figure it out. So in today's episode, that's what we're going to learn is to figure out the expenses inside of your variable deferred annuity if you have one. So let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. What is my annuity costing me, specifically my variable deferred annuity? And there's five main categories of expenses that I want to go over because if you're a family steward, and by golly, if you're listening to this show, I know you're a family steward. I know that your family is your most important thing. And that you are the family steward that's been entrusted to get these finances straight. And every dollar that goes inside of a financial product is a dollar that that doesn't go towards your eventual retirement and or financial freedom or both. So let's Open up the hood of the deferred variable annuity and figure out the expenses that are in them. And let's then compare them to if you were going to get advice from a fee-only certified financial planner. So you can see the difference in what something like this costs. So the number one expense is called the mortality expenses. They're M&E expenses. It's a fee charged by the insurance company to make sure that you have a death benefit. It's a guarantee to pay out to your beneficiaries if you die at least what you put in. So if you put in a hundred grand and you pass away and that annuity is not worth a hundred grand, well, your beneficiaries will get a hundred grand. Now, this variable annuity fee can range though from around a half a percent all the way up to around one and a half percent to get this benefit. The other thing about a variable annuity is within this annuity wrapper, you actually can defer some taxes. If you're in what's called a non-qualified 
variable deferred annuity, it means that that hundred grand, if that's what you put in, just for example, you put it in after you paid federal and state income taxes. It's after-tax money. And now every dollar that grows inside of there grows tax-deferred, much like your IRA or 401k. And when you take the money out later, the uh, the original hundred grand you put in comes out tax-free, and all of the gains within that deferred variable annuity, you will now pay taxes on just like you made the income as in working for a job, just like you'll pay when money comes out of your 401k and tax deferred or IRA. So you do get that wrapper and maybe a deferred annuity might be not the worst idea for some couple or individual or family that is already exhausted all of the other ways to defer taxes by maxing out 401ks, maxing out IRAs, all of that stuff, it might make sense for some people. I'm still not um, completely bought in because of the expenses, but there are some annuities that have gotten a lot cheaper. So with those, it might be a great tool. Now, keep in mind, maybe I said this already, but I do not sell annuities, period, okay? So that's the first expense. And when I have been reviewing some clients' annuities, that mortality expense or M&E has been ranging about 1.25%. So I'm just going to write that down as our example. All right, number two is the administrative expenses. Many variable deferred annuity policies have a separate administrative fee to cover the cost of mailings and, and other ongoing services, and this fee can range between a, a tenth of a percent and 0.3%. And a lot of what I've seen ranged around a quarter of a percent. So we're going to write down that 025 and incidentally, once I get this down on paper, we'll go through an example of what it would cost you. The third expense to look out for in a deferred variable annuity is the investment expense ratio. Inside every variable annuity, the underlying, there's, there's investments, just like investments in your 401k, but they're called subaccounts. And there's an investment management fee for each of these mutual funds, much like there is an expense ratio inside of any mutual fund in your 401k or your IRA. So these expense ratios can range anywhere between, I don't know, a quarter of a percent around all the way up to 2%. So we're going to kind of split the difference, and for most of the annuities that I've gone through in the last few months, that subaccount expense ratio has averaged about 1%. So I'm going to write down that 1% right now. So, so far we're up to 2.5%. And maybe this percent doesn't mean anything to you, so I will once again go through an example once we get these expenses down. Now, the next expense that you need to look out for is the additional cost of riders. What are riders? Well, they're extra features on your variable annuity that provide some guarantees or maybe some additional death benefits. Depending on the extent of the benefit, the rider can cost a quarter of a percent all the way up to at least a percent. I've seen some that were even more. 
And one example of a rider might be a guaranteed minimum death benefit or a guarantee interest rate that you'll receive each year. I'll explain how that goes in a little bit too, but the average has been about 1% on these riders. And most of the people that have called me or brought in their annuity for me to get under the hood and check the expenses, it's been around a percent. So when I add up those four, we come up to three and a half percent. And I'm just going to look here at a couple of them that I have looked at recently. And I just brought one up and, uh, it wasn't four and a half percent, or it wasn't three and a half percent. This one I'm looking at is four point six percent. I'm seeing one at three point three two percent. I'm seeing one at three point six percent, and I'm seeing one at three point two five percent. So that three and a half percent is actually a good average to use. And the, but the last expense I want to talk about is the surrender charge. This, the surrender charge is if you get out of your annuity after a, um, before a specified period of time, well, then you got to pay the piper. And how does this work is that many of the policies have upfront commissions to the person who sells you the annuity policy. And a surrender charge is put into place on the variable annuity so that if you cancel the policy early, the insurance company can recoup the commission that they had to pay out. For example, if you put in the $100,000, there might be a surrender schedule of maybe seven years. And if you get out in the first year, you got to pay 7% as a surrender charge to get out of the annuity. So if you put in 100000 and you want to get out of it right away, well, you have to pay a 7% surrender charge, meaning you're only getting ninety three grand back. Why? Because the salesperson, I'm not even going to call these folks financial advisors, although there are some that are good, who sold you the annuity, they got the 7%. They got seven grand for selling you the policy. And, and the trick usually is when the salesperson has you in front of them trying to sell you the policy, they say, it's not going to cost you a dime. The insurance company's going to pay me for getting you into this annuity. Well, that's just a play on words because if I'm going to pay $100,000 to get into an annuity, and if I want to get out of it in the first year, I have to pay $7,000 and I only get ninety-three dollars back. Well, that's the same thing as if I gave that money to the salesperson to begin with. So I don't care where the money's coming from. I'm losing seven grand if I get out. And then as each year goes by, that surrender charge goes down to zero. So it might be on a seven-year schedule. The next year, it would cost you 6% to get out, then 5%, then 4, 3, 2, 1. You get the idea. And some annuities have surrender periods all the way up to 12 years. The ones that I've been looking at seem to be averaging around seven years, or at least the ones I've been looking at lately. That's why you need to be completely sure and confident about why you're investing in this annuity in the first place, because you can't just get your money back. I'm not going to add that surrender charge onto this 3.5% because the 3.5% are the ongoing fees that you need to pay on a yearly basis to keep the annuity going. 
So what do I mean by that? Well, a three and a half percent expense ratio means that if you have a hundred thousand dollars, it's going to cost thirty-five hundred dollars a year. That's a hundred thousand dollars times three and a half percent, thirty-five hundred to keep the policy going. So here's the deal. If you do have a rider, such as the guaranteed minimum, and the guaranteed minimum that they're going to give you is 5% a year, that means that after the first year that you're in this annuity, you're going to see two balances on your statement. The first balance is that 5%. So that should say $105,000 in our example. Well, beside that, though, you have sub-accounts. You have mutual funds that you're investing in. Okay, inside of this annuity. And so you have a real balance that is your real money that's actually adding up. So if your investments gain 5% uh, during the year, well, then you'd have $105,000 just like the guarantee. <laughs> but you won't because. If the investments actually return 5%, you got to pay 3.5% in expenses, so you only end up with a percent and a half. So instead of 105000 your actual money grew to $101,500. And you keep doing this year after year. One side is gaining 5%. The other side is gaining whatever the investments are doing minus the 3.5% fee. So what happens when you're bogged down with all of these expenses? A lot of times that guaranteed 5% is going to outgrow your real money that you're trying to earn because of all of this fee drag on your actual investments. Because the other little hidden thing is, it's not like a lot of times you can be in 100% stock equity funds or mutual funds inside of this annuity. They cap you and make you have some sort of more conservative type of mutual funds. And I find that interesting because it's almost like they want to guarantee that this 5% does better than your actual money because of what I'm about to tell you next. Let's just say, for example, let's not even say you've been in there 10 years. You've just been in there for a long time, and now your guarantee side is up to 200000 and your own investments that have been dragged down by this 3.5% have grown to 150000 And it's now time to retire. And keep in mind, this is a deferred annuity. So now you have two choices. Choice number one is to take your money and run. Okay, get out of the annuity. Surrender period is done. So you want to take that $200,000 and run because that's the higher of the two numbers that you see on your statement. But whoa, you see your investment advisor. I put that in quotes. The salesperson and they say, no, 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 no. That two hundred dollars isn't real money. If you want to get out of this annuity, we're only giving you the hundred and fifty. dollars because that's the number from your sub-accounts and your investments that we took 3.5% out every single year. That's your money. You want it? Go have at it. Or if you annuitize the contract, and when you annuitize a contract, you turn it into monthly payments like a pension. 
And maybe they're going to say, if you're 65 years old, we'll give you 5% per year on the 200,000 because that's the only way that we're going to use this number if you annuitize the contract, which looks good now because if you're getting 5% per year, you'd rather want it on the 200,000 because that gives you 10 grand a year versus the 150. That's going to give you what? 7,500 a year. So, of course, if you're going to annuitize, you want to use the higher number. That's why this whole thing seems like a trick to me. Because, of course, they wanted to keep your money the whole while, and now they're making it look like annuitization is your only route instead of actually taking your money and running. When years and years ago, when they sold you the contract, they said you can get out of it and take your money and run whenever you want. After the surrender period, there'll be no charge. I call that a trap. Which is exactly why when people come in, I want to get them out of their annuity as quickly as possible. Because when I look at history and I'm trying to produce monthly income checks for retired couples and I'm only asked to come up with 5% a year that doesn't even adjust for inflation, and I look at all the 30-year time periods at 5% with no inflation adjustment, Holy smokes, you're way better going off a lot of the times annuitizing yourself, using your own money, and not using an insurance company to come up with your retirement paycheck. So then people come in and they're like, Scott, but Scott, I can't get out of my annuity right now because there's a surrender charge. Well, let's look at how much that annuity is costing you every year to begin with. As as your investment account grows, that $100,000 that's now $150,000 is costing you $5,250 a year just to be in the annuity. And if you contrast that with the fee-only certified financial planner that might be charging um, 1%, I actually charge less at Fortress Planning Group, but we'll just say the 1%. Plus, if you're in a good, broadly diversified portfolio, the way a family steward should invest, that probably might be another 25 basis points. So let's just say 1.25%. Well, 150000 at 1.25% is $1,875 a year. If I compare that to the 5250 that's a difference of 3000 $375. So you go back to your surrender charge, and if that surrender charge is, you know, three or five or $2,000, you can make up for that so, so quickly just by eliminating all of these crazy fees that exist inside of variable annuities. So my question to you is do you have a variable deferred annuity? And if you do, do you know how much it's costing you? Do you know what this annuity is costing you on a yearly basis? Do you know where you are in your surrender period? Do you know that these investments that are in these sub accounts are available outside of an annuity that you can just invest in? And most of the time, Those investments that are in those annuities are 
filled with other types of commission like 12B1 fees and so forth where they're bad investments to begin with. So if you are a family steward, I urge you to lift up the hood of the annuity and discover what's underneath. And if it's not looking good that you take action, there are many, many other ways to get to financial freedom for far less than what you'd pay inside of a deferred variable annuity. And you owe it to you and your family to investigate what that might look like. And if you have no idea how to figure out all of these expenses inside of your deferred variable annuity, well, guess what? I am an expert at figuring this stuff out. So I want you to email me, scott at bestinwealth.com and just say, hey, I want you to investigate the expenses inside of my deferred variable annuity. That's all you need to do. And I will send you a secure link to grab that annuity from you and do the investigation free of charge. What are you waiting for? Scott at bestinwealth.com. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your financial freedom. I hope that you will stay motivated in your journey because your family is depending on you to make sure that you are doing everything that you can to protect your family. My time is up, my friends. I will see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.